Principal Matters Podcast, episode 153. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. You can check out posts like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. This week, we're talking about maintaining balance and self-care, part two, with my guest and co-host, Jen Schwanke, who is also the principal of Indian Run Elementary School in Dublin, Ohio. She's the author of the book, You're the Principal, Now What? Strategies and Solutions for New School Leaders. Jen, welcome back to Principal Matters. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Yes, I am. Spring has sprung here in Ohio, so moods are good here. We're good. (laughs) Well, we dug pretty deeply the last time that we were talking into some specific takeaways for principals who want to try to maintain some semblance of balance in their leadership. And we talked then about the the reality that perfect balance is not possible. I think it's naive to think that it is in our lives, but it doesn't mean that we need to neglect the areas of our life that need attention if they're going to stay healthy. And we talked about family, we talked about sleep, we talked about the importance of rest, we talked about the importance of good nutrition. And we sounded like grandparents giving all kinds of advice to to other school leaders. But I want to just dive right back in this week. And and just because there's so many other things I think that are important for principals to consider when it comes to self-care. Jen, I know you've got a story you wanted to tell in your own experience with remembering the importance of self-care. I have never forgotten this one moment in time. I can see it as clearly as as yesterday. And I was giving a teacher a lecture. She was struggling. She was strung out. She felt like she'd lost her purpose. She was fighting with her mom. She was fighting with her partner. She was fighting with her kids. And I launched into a very eloquent, I thought, lecture about taking care of, your, of herself. I said, you've got to step away from this job. It is not important enough to consume you. You must step away from the email. Step away. And she looked at me straight in the eye and she said, well, you don't. Mm -hmm. And I realized in that moment, she wasn't saying it in an accusatory way. She was saying it almost inquisitively, like, you know, tell me about this because you don't do it. (laughs) And what she meant by that was, you know, you're you're sending emails at 8.30, 9.30 at night. You're responding to email when you're, you should not be, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're not valuing your relationships. And of course she didn't know me well enough to know how accurate she was by looking at me and saying, you don't do this. But it was like a, you know, smack in the face because she was exactly right. And the other takeaway, not just, Hey Jen, you better take care of yourself. The other takeaway for me was, wow, other people are watching. Just like kids watch us when we raise them, you know, the the little pictures have big ears. They're always listening. They're always watching. And if I can't model balance for my staff, I can't expect them to do it. And so I always say to people, if if you answer an email at 10 o'clock at night, you're sending the message that you answer emails at 10 o'clock at night. That's what your email really says. (laughs) That's really good. It really helps me think about the fact that not only are we to be focusing on like, where do I need to be growing and taking care of myself so that I can better serve my school? But what kind of model am I setting for others? And absolutely, because um, those, those small things, they make such a big impression. You know, well, many times, really quickly, many times I'll have a teacher who comes upset to me about something. They've gotten a nasty email or a student has really been hard that day or whatever. And I say to them, okay, step away, give it time. You know, your emotions are driving your decisions right now. Let's talk about this again in the morning. And I have to do that myself too. If I recognize exhaustion or emotional overload in myself, 
I have to practice what I preach and step away. And, you know, the problem's not going anywhere. It'll be there when I'm more equipped to handle it. Well, and I think in in addition to that, it's important to recognize the seasons that come. Yes. And not just in your life, but in your school. And so sometimes some seasons are harder than others. And the longer you do the work, the more you begin to realize, just like you anticipate Christmas, or just like you anticipate the snow that might be coming, you can anticipate times at school when things are going to be more crucial, more stressful, and require more patience. And for at the high school level, for instance, that always happens for us at the end of a grading period. Every time we get to the end of a grading period, because credits matter, and this might determine whether a kid gets to advance onto another course, or he or she may be upset because maybe it's going to affect their abilities to apply for scholarships or whatever it is, or their ability to compete in athletics. All of these competing things, when you get to the end of a grading period, not only do kids get stressed, but their parents get stressed and teachers get stressed. And as an assistant principal, I would often see spikes in discipline at the end of every grading period. So I would come into that season prepared mentally. Okay, here we go. Getting ready to walk into the season. I know people are going to be more emotional, but I could also communicate that to our staff. Guys, remember, this is a pressure time. That means kids are stressed, you're stressed, parents are stressed. So just be aware that when a kid might get emotional when you show them his or her grade, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're angry at you. They're pretty much angry at the situation or themselves. So, So realize that before you respond. Before you respond to that kid's escalation with more escalation, think about that. Keep that mindset because seasons bring different pressures too. And we have to take advantage of the slow seasons as a way to build up our energy reserves, both mentally and physically, for those hard mm-hmm. times. It goes back to what we learned from you know, primitive animals or primitive humans. They would fatten themselves up, so to speak, so that when the times of famine came, they were ready. And that's really true for school leaders too. When things are slow, take, let yourself slow down. Let yourself not find stress because it's just right around the corner. Well, and that works in seasons of life too, because all oh, of us are, yes. that are coming into school, maybe we have young educators that are coming straight out of college and they're learning how to live on their own for the first time. Absolutely. Or maybe you've got, you've got educators that are getting married for the first time and they've never lived with someone else. And that and that stress of having a new partner creates a whole nother level of stress. Or maybe they're a young parent. Oh, no, my gosh. Talk about the stress of coming back to work after having a baby. Or for those of us that are older, your parents start aging and now you suddenly have the the responsibility of taking care of adults other than the ones at school. And so there's, there's all kinds of seasonal, you know, things that the seasons of life that compete with the pressures you feel too. One thing that I don't think we talk about enough as principals is checking in on people during some of those seasons when everything is supposed to be perfect. And by that, I mean, you know, let's say a teacher and your staff gets married and there's the wedding shower and there's the pictures on Facebook and everything's so lovely. I like to take a moment and go see that teacher and say, how are you really? Are you okay when a new baby is born? You know, the baby's so cute and the email comes out. Everybody's, you know, buying onesies and diapers. Um, Not too long ago, I checked in with a teacher who was going through what, you know, a perfectly happy time in her life, a very public happy time. And I said, how are you? And she burst into tears and said, can we please talk? And she closed the door and sat down. And she said, this is so hard. I, I don't think I'm doing anything well. And it lent itself to a connection with that teacher. I truly think that will um, last a long time because, you know, as leaders who have been through many of these seasons of life, to let others be vulnerable and to let them come to us for a little bit of perspective about balance will really help help the entire school culture, really. Yeah, that's great. I told you recently, Jen, about the time I try to spend with my own kids each week, just a, a even if it's just a small time for coffee, sit across from them, look them in the eyes. And last week I took my daughter, who's a high school senior, to coffee and she had just 
the week before been Cinderella in the school play. And, and she was you know, all dressed up in a princess and signing autographs for little girls after the play. And it was just the beautiful time to see her shine and glow. And when she sat across from me at coffee, I just said, so how are you doing now? And she said, I've been depressed every day and crying since the play's over. Right, and so right. there are also times when you, when you have really high energy moments where you're going to crash afterwards. And the same thing happens in school. You've got, you've got teachers that are, that are building programs or putting on shows or, or taking kids to activities or leading sports. And, and there are times where you just need to be aware too, that people in your building have highs and lows and, and times they peak and times they crash. And we've got to give each other grace. And we have Absolutely. to be aware that we have to be aware that that's happening to us too. And so anticipating those things, being aware of that, being willing to recognize those things, I think is important. And that leads also to the importance of when you're going through a time that may be more difficult than just taking a break is learning how to ask others for help. And let's talk about that for a minute. As principals, we're, it's almost like we get the master key to the building and somebody also thinks we put on a cape. So we're, we're uh, suddenly a superhero and we do everything and we um, don't need any help, by golly. We will figure it out. And I think that's a grave mistake because we all need help. And recognizing when you need help and then having the humility to ask for it is so helpful. I have a dear, dear friend of mine, colleague, and she says that her cleaning lady saved her marriage. And when I say, what do you mean? She says, I was absolutely strung out, burning the candle at both ends. I was a, a principal raising kids. My husband and I fought all the time because my standard of cleanliness didn't match his and I didn't feel like I was getting enough help. And so she said, you know what? Let's just throw throw the towel in on all this. She hired a cleaning lady and she says, everything went back into balance. So it seems so simple. Not, you know, not necessarily a cleaning lady for someone, but maybe it's a therapist or maybe it's um, a different way to exercise, or maybe it's cutting out something that you're doing every week, every day that that is draining your tank. But um, asking for help and saying, hey, I cannot wear this superhero cape anymore <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> will be very helpful. That is so important. And I think that that works um, every day in your work too, which is reaching out to other people when you're feeling overwhelmed and just admitting, I feel overwhelmed. Sometimes just saying that helps. And then sometimes... Yes you'd be amazed when you say that to other people that they're like, well, tell me what you're doing. And you could tell them. And sometimes they'll jump in and say, well, let me do that for you. I've got, I can do that in five minutes while you manage this other thing. And suddenly you're sharing the burdens with each other and, and you're not alone and you're not, and that weight begins to lift too. That happened to me the year that I transitioned from assistant principal to principal because my principal retired. I took her job and had to fill my own position. And she told me, well, when we hit the graduation ceremony, I'm going to take all my sick days. So you're going to need to finish school out on your own hire your replacement and close out the year. And I was so, I was so overwhelmed that the next day I sat down and, and felt like I was drowning until I just pulled all the staff together that was still there. And, and I was honest, I'm overwhelmed and I'm struggling and, and, and I need some help. And they said, well, let's help. And they jumped right. in. We made shared list together. We put it on a Google doc. We, and throughout those next several days, as we did things together, we just marked them off. And there was so much energy in the work because they knew I needed them and they needed me. And together we carried that load. And so sometimes, and Principal Matters listeners, you may be overwhelmed and you may not feel like there are other people you can reach out to, but I guarantee you there are talented, creative, caring people in your building right now who want to help you. Absolutely. So don't, yes. Don't isolate yourself. Tuck, tuck in your cape. You're, you're not Superman or, or, or Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel and ask other people for help. And together you're going to, you're going to find yourself finding more balance. 
You know, well, it took me a long time to recognize that, and an embarrassingly long time. I thought, you know, when I got my cape, that I was the only person that could do things <laughs> the right way. And I have grown so much in that area. I actually did a presentation to a group of a few hundred school secretaries not long ago, and I told them, you people are the real superheroes because mm-hmm. when you build a, a sense of um, trust with your principal or with the staff members, you know, people will come to you and you will help them balance their lives because mm-hmm. you will do the things for them that they think they have to do themselves. I always say my secretary is is my right hand, literally. She's, mm-hmm. she's that far away from me, just one wingspan away. And she's my help, the help that I need. And so whoever it is, not necessarily a secretary, not necessarily a therapist or a cleaning lady, but there's, there's people out there to help carry the load. Wow. Uh, well, we could just keep going deeper and deeper. Yeah, let's, we could. That was fun. <laughs> that was great. Let's, let's talk about time because I think time is one of those things that you can control and you can't control. Talk about that for a few minutes. I feel like it is. It's, it's a dichotomy of, of control when we talk about time because as principals, we aren't in control of a lot of our time. Sometimes we'll have an entire day scheduled and then some kid starts a fight and the next three days are wrapped up in investigating that fight and we feel so out of control. We feel like we can't we can't ever get it back either. But on the other hand, with experience and time and with an eye toward balance, I think we actually have a lot more control of our time than we think. We, we mentioned earlier to go with the ebb and flow and follow the seasons of of our jobs. And I think that that's a way to grab time. And the other way is to, again, as we mentioned earlier, hang on to those sacred times and Mm -hmm. insist on efficiency. Sometimes we'll waste three or four hours on a meeting that didn't even need to happen. So controlling our time can be done if if we're smart about it and and if we recognize time wasters. Yeah. Let me give a quick takeaway for principal listeners, I'm remembering one time we were getting ready to step into our calendar had called for a faculty meeting, but it was back to back with a a night for parent conferences. And I just kind of had the sense my teachers were tired. They were going to be there late. Why in the world would I want them to come in early the next morning for another meeting? So what I did was I took some time and put together a quick video share, just me with my own faculty meeting notes of these are the things that I wanted to be able to talk to you guys about that are priorities going into the next week or two, some things I wanted you to be aware of. And I sent it out as a share. And then I just put a sign in cheap by the front office and said, when you've watched the video come in and sign that you had a chance to watch it. And I had so much positive feedback from teachers by email later saying, thank you so much for letting us rest tomorrow morning. And this was so helpful. And I had some free time between my parent meetings to watch this. And it, but it was one of those where you can always control your time, but sometimes you can just do little things that can lower the stress and add um, some, some more flexibility. That's a component that we should talk about for just a brief moment. As a principal, we're in charge of a lot of other people's time. Mm-hmm. And so again, if we are going to look at it about ourselves, we should look at it for them too. And I think recognizing when your staff needs, when they need a minute <laughs> is really helpful. So to cancel a staff meeting sometimes does more to lift culture in your building than an entire catered lunch. I swear it does. So that's a, that's a great example. And there's other ways to get information out to people. One of my first principals sometimes sit football games on a Friday night when I was there super late and, and she knew I had kids at home. She would come up to me and say, you know what, Will? I don't have little kids at home. Go home. I've got this. And I, be, and I remember that going into my later years of leadership when my kids were older and I would have people on my team who had little kids and I would, right. so I would go find them and say, you know what? 
why don't you go home? Let me take care of this activity or the supervision or whatever it is. So we've got, you're right. We have to watch out for one another. I love that. And you know what? I have even articulated before. Hey, you go home. You've got a baby at home. You'll pay it forward someday. Mm-hmm. And by that, I am saying, hey, this is all a team. We're all, and it's very cyclical. So someday when your kids are at college, find the person with the infant and let them go home. It really is about paying it forward. Well, let's talk about free time because sometimes we are given opportunities to take breaks and we don't do it. And why, why is it important that we take breaks as a part of maintaining balance? Okay, this is what, where I turn into the biggest hypocrite in the room because I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at it. Um, You know, we all have personal days, vacation days. Our contracts are all different, but they're there not to be hoarded or kept for an emergency. I think they're there to be used to keep ourselves in balance. The one I am worst about is the sick days. I will, you know, wake up and convince myself I am just fine. Mm -hmm. And I march into school and I feel lousy and I'm probably spreading germs and and setting a poor (laughs) example for everyone else. So, you know, it it goes back to knowing yourself. If you're sick, let yourself be sick. Stay home and get better. Take those personal days to work on your person. And vacation days, you know, sometimes contracts, again, they, they read differently, but I never feel more full and invigorated than when I have taken a vacation in which I can't have my phone. I can't have my laptop. You know, sometimes you have to go high in the mountains or far out into the ocean for that to happen. But boy, does it make you come back to your true North. It really does. Yeah. I love that. And a couple of years ago, I had a close friend, a school leader who lost his wife unexpectedly. They were very young, older than I am, but but too young to die. Right. When you've, and I guess everyone's too young to die, but it was one of those times in their life where um, they still had college age kids, and this would have been such a sweet, beautiful time for her to have to be there. But we had some alone time together right after that happened, and he just looked at me and said, "Well, can I? I'm just going to tell you something that I want you to remember about your family." And I knew this was going to be poignant because of what had just happened. He said, um, "My wife always prioritized our vacation time." And now those are all the memories I have left. And he said, I want you to know that even if you have to go into debt, take your family on vacation, spend time with your family, because those are memories that you will hold on to for years and years to come. And you never know when you're not going to have that opportunity again. And so I just think it's so important that we, when we have the time to rest, rest, take the break, get away and reconnect with those things that you love because you know what? Those relationships are so much more powerful and important than the ones you have in your work. And even though those are important relationships at work, it's your family that's going to be with you for for the rest of your life and through those more difficult times when work is over. I wish we could have your friend tell that message to every principal because that's it's so true. I my husband and I went through a little bit of a crisis of conscience recently because we have we've invested a lot of our money in in vacations because our kids are the perfect age and mm-hmm. we were both raised to value frugality above everything else. And so it's hard for us to say are we really going to go to the Grand Canyon? Mm-hmm. And and we looked at each other and said, "Well, why not? That's exactly what we want our kids to do is go away and say my family mm-hmm. took me wherever it is. And, and right. sometimes there isn't the time or the money and that's okay. Maybe it's a camping trip or, you know, something done, done with, um, without much fanfare, but it's, it's the memories you make and the people you're surrounded with. And again, all of these things are tying together. Will everything we're talking about in the last mm-hmm. podcast and in this one, the valuing of family, the using the free time when you have it, controlling the time that you have, getting help. Sometimes getting help is just surrounding yourself with the people that you love. 
I don't want people hearing this to think that expensive vacations are the only yes. way to contact your family, but it's, it's an important point to, to, to schedule time with your family. And sometimes that does cost you something. I asked my daughter one time, my oldest daughter, when she was in high school, I was just curious, what are, what are, what are some of your favorite memories from childhood? And I expected her to say vacation or grandma and granddaddy's house, you know, those things that I was expecting to hear. She actually said, dad, you know, one of my favorite, favorite memories is when you were a teacher in, in the summer, you had time to lay in the backyard in the waiting pool with me, look at the clouds and tell me stories. Wow. And I said, that's, that's one of your favorite memories. She goes, yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. And wow. I thought that didn't cost me anything. Except the water bill. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so, so take those moments when you have time and use them. Now I'm going to switch gears to something practical for just a moment too, because um, we're talking a lot about um, time away from school and taking time for yourself. But I also think there's an, there's an important strategy for the way that you make your calendar. And so it, for me, making my calendar as far in advance as I could going into a school year created times for flexibility. And I think that's the same for you, Jen. So talk about that for just a minute, about the importance of of how you schedule your time. I use my calendar as a guide, but not as a Bible. And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I, I schedule what I need to schedule first, then I schedule what I want to schedule, and then I use it flexibly. My calendar is not, I am not a slave to my calendar. So there's things that I need to move around. And also I, you alluded to this, but I look ahead too, and Mm -hmm. I'll see, oh, next Tuesday's a really, really quiet day. Mm -hmm. So that's a day where I'm going to, I don't know, um, just catch up on work or maybe even take the more morning um, as a personal day. And that's obviously the very end of the spectrum, but but I, I think you can look ahead and see what's coming, anticipate it, and be ready for it. Sometimes too, I'll look at something and I'll say, oh my goodness, next Friday, there's no way I'm going to get all that done. Let right. me look and see which ones of these meetings I can shift to Wednesday or do I really need to go to that event that my, you know, my daughter's friend has scheduled? Mm-hmm. So feel free to cancel things. Feel free to move things around. Use that calendar as your assistant instead of as your master. Yeah, I like that. And by building your calendar as far in advance as you can, and obviously there's going to be crisis and moments that you, you have to manage it right then. But by building your calendar out in advance, you've, you've already set ahead of time where your priority marks are. And it gives you an opportunity to say no sometimes because you've already got commitments. Um, it also gives you the opportunity to prioritize in advance the things that are important, like being in teachers' classrooms or, or reconnecting with teams and those things that if you don't get them on your calendar in advance, they're not going to happen because you'll let everything else push it out. And so I've discovered that you, off, you don't do what you don't schedule. You just don't. You, good intentions don't replace action. And so if you want to be practicing something within your school that's a healthy habit or connecting with people, you've got to get those things on your calendar. And then you've, on the flip side, you have to be flexible with it so that they remain the priorities that you get to as you can. But if they're not on there, they're not going to happen. And so I, there's this interesting tension that happens with your calendar. Like you said, it's a guide, not a Bible. But if it's not on the calendar, it's probably not going to happen. I will often send the message of how much I value something by putting it on the calendar. And let me just give you a brief example. I had a, my music teacher came and said, hey, can we talk about the end of year event? And, you know, early in my career, I would have said, yeah, sure, stop by anytime. And I said, you know what? Let's set a date and a time right now. 
And she looked a little taken aback. And I said, no, seriously. And I pulled out my phone and, and sent her an invitation. And what that said to her was, I value this so much. Now, Will, it was 10 minutes of my time. It was not a big deal. Most of the value came in actually making it a calendar event and sharing it with someone because she walked away with a little swagger. She thought, well, look at that. I'm even on the calendar. And so the conversation itself didn't take more than, than a few minutes, but, but the fact that it was on there communicated the value. And then to speak to the flexibility, um, my husband laughs a little. He's an, an athletic director and he's a very busy man and is often, you know, he'll look at his calendar and there's 15 things that happened that day. Mm-hmm. Well, um, a couple autumns ago, he, he unfortunately lost his father way too young. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Everything on that calendar didn't matter anymore. Right. And he he looks back and he laughs. He's you know his father was ill in Minneapolis, so he got on an airplane and he went away for to be with his dad in his last days. And he said, "I would have told you nothing. Everything on that calendar has to happen. I have to be there." But boy, no, you don't. No, you don't. When wow. when something happens, you will realize how flexible that calendar really is. Wow, that's. Man, these are great reminders, Jen. Thank you for telling that story. You know, we also need people. We talked about this the last um, episode too, but your your team uh, is important. They can fill in for you. You know, like when things like that happen, like to your husband, you suddenly realize that you can depend on other people to help you do the work that you're doing. And they'll do a great job. My, My husband had a friend, he called a friend of his and said, hey, how do you feel about running a volleyball tournament? Mm-hmm. And his friend said, I got it. And he ran the volleyball tournament and it was just fine. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a good reminder that we don't, we aren't the only ones with the secret to, to running things well. Other people can step in and do a fine job. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that, that leads us, I think, to one of our last points we want to make, which is about the ups and downs yeah. of this job. Yes. <laughs> I said yeah. to you off the air, I said, one day you're a hero and the next minute you're, you're an en- enemy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's important that as we're talking about all these things that we've said before, give yourself some grace. You're going to do these things right some days and some days you're going to just do them plain wrong. And the great thing about being an educator is that it is so, the one hand, encouraging and humbling on the other hand at the (laughs) same time. So you can go into a moment during the day where maybe a kid you really helped or a teacher you really helped or a family you really helped and you walk out feeling really high and excited and the next minute you have just made someone so angry or so upset or so mad. And so you, you wear both of those hats all the time. And so no matter, no matter how great you try to balance your time or your life or all these decisions that you're going to make, the job itself always brings you back to the reminder that you're human and, and you're not going to do this perfectly. But, you know, it's those little things that are so important in our lives that remind us of, of why this work is important. And, and it's the little things, even in our families, Jen, that remind us of, of why balance, time, rest, scheduling, investing in yourself is so important too. Can I tell you a story in closing from this past week and with my oldest daughter? Oh, yes. And, uh, and I haven't asked her permission to share this and she doesn't listen to my podcast, so hopefully she won't be embarrassed by me doing this. But, um, but a couple of weeks ago, I had a, an eye infection and my doctor told me to use baby soap to, to wash it. And so I, I did, I went to the store and bought some baby soap, but I didn't realize like using baby soap was going to like suddenly bring back all these memories of my children, all those years of those nightly baths. And so I was getting ready for a trip the other day and I, I hadn't had a chance to communicate with my daughter who's in college. I wrote her a quick email and I, I pulled it up. I'm just going to read you part of it. But I just, I just told her, I said, a couple of nights ago, I woke up with you on my mind because this past week I've been washing my face with baby soap. 
and the smell of the soap has brought back all kinds of memories of when you kids were babies. The soft skin, the arms and legs, the curly wisps of hair, the bright almond eyes. And when I woke up in the night and you came to mind, I actually said to myself, don't go there. I knew that if I let my mind sink back into the memories, the beautiful, lovely thoughts of you would also come with the pain of knowing that I couldn't go back and be there all over again. So I let my mind go there. I let it be flooded by the splashing water, the running faucet, the slick porcelain tub, the spindly legs, the baby lips with first teeth showing, the cups of water for rinsing, the warm hoodie towel, the singing of pajama Rhea as we dressed you in your pink footy pajamas, the Noah's Ark curtains and grandma's yellow, pink and flowery handmade quilt. And even writing this right now doesn't do justice to reliving the moments because I'm resisting the millions of memories of watching you grow up. And I'll save that for another time when my heart can take it like a good glass of wine. I can only handle a few sips. What a beautiful letter. She'll keep that forever. Well, and I wanted to share that today because I just wanted to be vulnerable and remind listeners that those relationships are so precious and so important. Whether that's your spouse or your partner or a family member or a close friend or a colleague, whoever it is, those parts of our life, if we're not taking just a, a small moment, just to tell someone thank you, to reinvest in those relationships, to take time for those things that make our own hearts sing, then we're, we're going to wonder why we're feeling so burned out. So Principal Matters listeners, I hope this week that as you step into the hardest part of your school year, which is the spring, that you remember that you're not going to do it perfectly. You are not a superhero, but you do need time for you. So where you can take time for you, do it. And then plan right now for some summertime too, where you can really just dig in and invest in what matters most because what you do matters. Well, Jen Schwanke, thank you so much for another episode of strategies and solutions that work for school leaders. I have so enjoyed this and I, I can't wait till next time. Principal Matters listeners, thank you for the time you've taken to learn, to listen, and to grow. Until next time, thanks for doing what matters. Thanks, everyone. Good luck. You'll find your balance. Just keep looking. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. 